It is Friday, September 1st. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. Week one of the college football season underway. Cooper Cup has a setback. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is Straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Week one of college football underway. TJ Hawkinson of the Vikings gets paid. And Cooper Cup re-injures his hamstring. What is the Vegas lead here, Scott? College football, AJ. We had one top 25 team in action last night. It was the number 14 Utah Youths. No, that's not really what. It's the Utes. The Utes beating Florida 24-11. And this game started off with a bang. Bryson Barnes was the quarterback filling in for the injured Cam Rising. And on the first play from scrimmage, threw a 70-yard touchdown pass to Money Parks. Some would say the throw was on the money. I'll see myself out. Thank you. <laughs> Mackenzie Rivers is now. here. Mac, this this game, obviously, with the news about Cam Rising going to be available, not going to be available, the speculation, the leaking of information, the spread went wild. Describe the change in the line over the course of the last few days. Sure. So it was nine in the summer and moved to six where it was a couple days ago. Then there was the rumor Cam Rising maybe out, moved to four and a half, moved to four. And yesterday, tick, tick, tick. All bull markets run a little bit too far. Money came back on Utah, went to five, closed five and a half, even six at the sharpest books. Yeah, I mean, I gave out Utah minus four and a half. We talked about it on the College Football Podcast, which is still available on RJ Bell's Dream Preview Podcast feed. If you're not following or if you're not getting any updates on the Dream Preview feed, just make sure you are following the correct feed. So search RJ Bell's Dream Preview and make sure you are following it. The College Football Podcast this week, we gave out a couple of best bets. My best bet was Utah laying the four and a half because I thought it was a complete overreaction to Cam Rising being out. Kyle Whittingham knew all along that Cam Rising wasn't going to play in this game. And looking at the way that he handled both Bryson Barnes and then even Nate Johnson coming in, running the football, it was a good one-two combo. They had the game plan all set for weeks now. And it's easy to say in hindsight, but it didn't really matter who was playing quarterback for Utah because the defense absolutely dominated. Uh, Florida was never really in this game. They, they could not get anything moving offensively. And if you look at the at the final stats, you'll see Graham Mertz, 333 passing yards. A lot of that came in the fourth quarter. A yeah. lot of it was junk. The key stat, 21 carries, 13 yards rushing mm-hmm. is the final tally for Florida, they could not move the ball on the ground, and it was just a, a dominant performance by Utah. We talked about they don't lose at home. They've lost one time since 2018 with fans in the stands. Mm-hmm. It, they they just dominate these home games. This was another example. Yeah, and you know some people speculate the effect on elevation. Mackenzie, have you heard anything about this? The effect on elevation on athletes it usually it, it's not the immediate effect. It's like when you're there for a couple of days, that's when you start to feel the effect. And this is what I was reading, at least before the game, that the fact that Florida got there early, 
because they had to travel. Like the reason why Billy Napier actually wanted to stay in Dallas for a night was because he didn't want them to be at elevation for more than the the time that they had to be there. And maybe it affected Florida. I don't know if it did, but Utah's got a very good home field advantage. I was on them in the summer. I didn't want to lay the nine. When it went down to six and a half, I said, I'm on Utah. And then with the Cam Rising news, I said, why is everyone acting like this is a surprise? And we jump on Utah laying the four and a half. They cover 24-11. And let's talk about Utah here for a second, AJ. Looking at the Pac-12 landscape, did anything about their performance here against Florida change your opinion on them as they go through this 2023 campaign? Well, I think the thing that we've known all along is there's only a handful of teams in the Pac-12 that care about defense at all. Utah's one of them. Mm -hmm. Is their offense without Cam Rising? And who knows how long they're going to be without him. Is their offense good enough to keep up? We'll see. Uh, but certainly their defense, one of three or four in the in the whole league that's even respectable, that's going to keep them in a lot of games. Yep. So I, I do think they need to get more out of the offense. I don't know when Cam Rising will be back. It, will it be by the time the Pac-12 schedule starts? That's I, I, It's hard to say, but what they got last night on offense isn't enough to carry them through Pac-12 play. Well, I think last night does give you confidence that they can win without Cam Rising, and there's no need to rush him back before they get into Pac-12 play. They go to Baylor next week. That's a tough place to play. I, I think that Utah is probably a small favorite at Baylor. More than a field goal, less than a touchdown, my guess. Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, Baylor, not exactly um, a top team in the Big 12 this year, um, and they'll handle business against the Texas State Bobcats in their opener. But I think uh, Utah, we don't have a spread on that one yet. I think it'll be a small favorite for Utah. If they can handle business at Baylor, we're talking about a 3-0 and team opening up Pac-12 play at home against UCLA. And if you then welcome back Cam Rising, that's the best-case scenario for this team. No, no doubt. Yeah, if they can get through this, uh, this non-conference schedule – with Bryson Barnes and doing whatever they're doing mm-hmm. and it's staying healthy, letting Cam Rising get healthy, then they get they get Pac-12 play, they get their quarterback, he's healthy, ready to go. They're in a good situation. They're, they're one of the teams that can win the Pac-12, certainly. What are the odds right now to win the Pac-12, McKenzie, for Utah? USC, plus 210. Oregon, plus 310. Washington, plus 330. Utah is plus 450. All right, let's move on uh, to the rest of what we saw here on the opening night of week one of the college football season. Wake Forest with a 37-17 win over Elon. Uh, Georgia State struggled with Rhode Island. They were 17.5-point favorites, only won by a touchdown, 42 to 35 we had western michigan handle st francis of pa 35 17 uh missouri a 35 10 win over south dakota tulsa blows out arkansas pine bluff 42 7 trent dilfer got a win UAB oh boy with a 35 6 win over north carolina ant you know they got new uniforms this year still feel good about my under on the winter <laughs> and now let's talk about the power five uh us ucf in their first game in the big 12 playing Kent State at the bounce house. There were thunderstorms in the forecast. Hurricane weather in the state of Florida. Thunderstorms were forecasted for Orlando. Nah, didn't happen. Yeah, all the weather was passed through by the time they got out there, so no worries. Uh, But still, UCF runs the football really well. Their, Their defense dominated. I was sitting on an under 56 ticket, AJ, and I had already missed the best of the number because it was higher. But I still got closing line value because this thing shot down McKenzie. What did it close at? 53 and a half. Tell me you got the middle. Tell me you're sitting there with a perfectly 
fresh middle. Are oh, you saying I should have played the over 53, 53 and, and a half? half and yeah, just lock under, in some profit. And the under 56? You know, I could have done that. I could have done it. Um, the score was sitting 49-6 with seven minutes left. That's 55. Thank you. And Right in the middle. Kent State's got the football. They're not going to do anything with it. They couldn't score all night. They're not going to do anything with it. And what do you know? They don't do anything with the football. How much time is left? And they punted away with five minutes left. UCF gets the ball on their own 30, uh, what they started on, I guess, their own 32-yard line. Just milk the clock, right? Four-minute drill. Just Yeah. Clock's going to run on, on first downs, except in the final two minutes. That's okay. So we have three minutes of running clock. We're good. And guess what they do? Run the ball. Who's their coach? Gus Malzahn. They tried to score, didn't they? We have a run for nine <laughs> yards, a run for four yards, a run for 10 yards, and then an incomplete pass. Oh, that feels good. That stops the clock. Well, that doesn't feel good, but it's nice. They lost a down. You're thinking, yeah, no, 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 no. It stopped the clock, AJ. <laughs> and then a 22-yard run. That's the killer. Then a 12-yard run. Then a six-yard run. Now they're at the five-yard line, and there's 40 or 50 seconds left in the game. First down? Third and four. Uh, you got to mm, run it. That's the thing, yeah. If it was first down, they'd take knees. And they run it into the end zone for a five-yard touchdown. Do you blame UCF or do you blame Kent State here? Or do you blame yourself? I, I blame... Like, make a stop, right? No, I blame the incomplete pass. Okay. Because if they run the ball there, now granted the next play they ran for 22 yards. Now that's a backbreaker. But if they run the ball on first down instead of, because watching that final possession, it was a slow bleed. Watching that final possession, they were waiting until the play clock was at three or two before snapping the football. So they weren't taking these, but they were clearly milking the clock and ending the game. Sure. So if they run the ball there and don't throw an incomplete pass, or even if they complete the pass and the clock doesn't stop and the clock keeps running, guess what? It's another 30 to 40 seconds off the clock. Maybe it's a different story when they get down to the five-yard line and there's only 20 seconds left in the game instead of 54 seconds left yeah. in the game. Anyway, uh, scoring there with third stringers in the game to make the final 56-6, to six, it hits at 62 that one stung a little bit. So uh, not my first sting of the college football season. You know, Curtis Rourke getting hurt was the first sting. This was the first, I guess you can call it, bad beat, if you will, of the season. Yeah, There'll be plenty more where that came uh, from. Oh, yeah. The, the hits will keep coming, no doubt. Let, let's talk about the most exciting game of the night, and that was Minnesota against Nebraska. It's corn. You were all over corn catching the seven points, and for the majority of this game, it looked like they were going to win this one outright. Yeah, and I, w I was actually uh, having a little bit of regret because I bet corn plus seven yesterday. You were thinking of taking a money line. Well, I woke up, and it was plus seven and a half, and oh. I was like, ooh, things are not looking like they're going my way. The market disagrees with old A.J., but it didn't matter if the market disagreed or not because you're right. It did look like Nebraska was going to win the game outright. Uh, had a chance to drive down, kick the game-winning field goal. What'd they do? They threw an interception. Mm -hmm. What? Nebraska with a turnover at quarterback? Is Adrian Martinez here? <laughs> it's very odd. Uh, Minnesota gets the ball, drives down. They end up kicking the game-winning field goal uh, at the, as time expires. And 
13-10 Minnesota win, but a seven-point cover yes. for my boys of corn. Well, Nebraska turned the football over on their final two possessions. There was the fumble after Minnesota, and there was a pass interference that wasn't called. There's was a lot of drama at the end of this game. But the fumble that gave Minnesota life to score that touchdown, and that catch by Daniel Jackson was one of the sweetest footwork moves I've ever seen. Because he looked like the Jordan logo, AJ, as he extended his legs and had his right foot in the air just long enough to drag that left toe in bounds. Mackenzie, did you see this catch? Like, literally looked like the Jumpman logo. I'm looking at it right now. It almost makes me want the NFL to have one leg rule because you can do some spectacular shit and get one foot down. That was wild, and uh, he almost made a ridiculous catch uh, before that, where he was out of bounds on the play. So Minnesota ties the game with that. And then, yeah, the interception, when it looked like Jeff Sims was going to lead Nebraska down the field, he throws a bad pass, staring down his receiver the whole time. The safety just read his eyes and picked him off easily. Yeah, and this was a – it's a tough tough loss for Nebraska to start off the Matt Rule era. But uh, this was another ugly game, 13-10. Mm-hmm. We said a couple new offenses. This may be a, a tough sledding game for the offenses, and it certainly was. In fact – of the four games, the four lined, you know, FBS versus FBS games this mm-hmm. week, you somehow pulled the only over out of the hat that would have <laughs> picked the under on that game. I know. The other three games all cruise under. Utah, Florida wasn't like, close. NC State, UConn wasn't close. Is that the handicap was spot on? Like it was. I, I said UCF's probably going to win the game like 50 to nothing, 40 something yeah. to nothing. It was 56 to six. Like they scored AJ with 50 seconds left in the game. Yeah. Uh, UConn against NC State uh, held their own. They lose 24-14, but they do cover the double-digit spread. What did you make of Brennan Armstrong in his Wolfpack debut? Yeah, this was my uh, my three-star bet for my clients at pregame.com. UConn plus 16.5. I gave out about a, you know, a month ago, something like that. Uh, closed at 14.5. It didn't matter. They covered it all. Uh, Brennan Armstrong was better than I thought, particularly running the ball. Yeah. Uh, you tell me that Brennan Armstrong was going to have 19 carries, 96 yards, average over five a carry, two touchdowns on the ground. He had a day. Passing-wise, it wasn't great. We knew UConn was going to do pretty well against the pass. We knew both these teams were going to try to run the ball. They both had some success doing it. Clock tick, tick, tick. This was a good under game again. Uh, I, I still am bullish on UConn overall. Uh, NC State, this was a, a good win for them, though, no doubt. Let's run through the rest of the top 25 schedule here uh, starting this weekend and going through Monday. Yes, we have a Monday game. And AJ and I did a full preview of the top 25 schedule on the College Football Podcast. Again, that's on RJ Bell's Dream Preview feed. So if you just search for the Dream Preview or if you're already following it and you're getting the updated podcasts, you will find the college football podcast. Just scroll down past this week's uh, NFL pod. You'll find AJ and I's college football podcast. But let's quickly update you on what we have for the spreads for these games. And we'll start with number two, Michigan, as they are 36-point favorites against East Carolina. They'll be without head coach Jim Harbaugh and without offensive coordinator Sharon Moore in this game. Yeah, it's hard to know what to expect from Michigan here, but what we do know is they won their three non-conference games last season by a combined 166-17. to This is a bully team. RJ talks about the Harbaugh's being bullies. Harbaugh won't be on the sideline, but are they getting the text saying, hey, run it up on these boys? They've got the option to do that. 36, 36 and a half, depending on what number you get. 
I mean, you, you, this is Michigan, whether, whether or not they decide mm-hmm. to keep their foot on the pedal. We have Tennessee, a 28-point favorite over Virginia. All these lines courtesy of the DraftKings Sportsbook. Number 17, TCU hosting Colorado and Coach Prime. TCU, 20-and-a-half-point favorites, total 63-and-a-half. Are you buying into the Coach Prime hype, AJ, or are you on the Frogs? No, I, I'm I'm sitting this one out from a side standpoint. I bet the total earlier in the summer, and this is one of the ones that the line value moved against me. I bet under 62. Uh, you mentioned it's 63 and a half right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worry a little bit because I do know that teams are going to want to run it up on Coach Prime. Yeah. I, I think the teams that are the, the teams, and I know Coach Prime is going to keep going. Like if he's got a chance to score extra points, he's going to score extra points. But I do think their opponents are going to want to put things up on him as well. Uh, I just think both these teams basically bringing out new offenses. These are two mm-hmm. like the the TCU offense has been wiped off the board. This is a whole new thing, new OC, new quarterback. Everything's fresh. Colorado, we know none of these guys have played together. This is going to be them starting new as well. I still like my position on the under, even though the lines moved against me. Iowa hosting Utah State. The Hawkeyes minus 23 and a half total down to 43 and a half. And we expect that Iowa will be without quarterback Cade McNamara yeah, for this one. I, I'm looking at this. Uh, I'm looking at a team total here. Uh, Utah State team total under. Uh I just don't know where they score. This is a terrible offense. This is a total disaster. They they replaced four-fifths of their offensive line. They lost their top seven pass catchers. They lost their best running back in Calvin Tyler, who did everything for them. And they, you know, they, they just don't have a real offense that they're running out here. We know Iowa, whatever you think about their offense year in and year out, they are stout on D. I expect mm-hmm. that again. Under nine and a half, ten, depending on what you what book you're at. Uh, I, I think Utah State has a really hard time putting anything on the board here. Here's the latest from Coach Kirk Ferens. He said, "Quote: We'll take it right up to game time, but we're expecting him to go. Based on what I've seen the last two days, I'm optimistic." He's talking about his quarterback, Cade McNamara. Here's what we know about Iowa. I've heard he's not playing though. Their their OC has bonuses built into his contract. They have to average 25 points a game. They want to score points, mm-hmm. and the, the offensive coordinator happens to be the head coach's brother so he may want to do him a solid here I don't want anything to do with betting Iowa particularly team totals under Uh, I I think they're going to be motivated to go out there and score some points and if McNamara plays I think they've got the kind of team that can do it Oklahoma a 36 point favorite at home against Arkansas State. We know the trend line of home favorites of 30 or more uh, have done very well in game ones in non-conference openers. Now 28-11 and 11 after UCF with the cover uh, and USC without the cover. So 28-11-2 since 2014. 30 or more point favorites at home non-conference openers game one. Remember Venables last year? I mean, Venables came in as a defensive guy, and the defense was bad at Oklahoma last year. He didn't have his guys in yet. And unlike Coach Prime, who said, everybody clear out. You're gone. You're all gone. Brett Venable said, hey, everybody, I'm keeping what I've got here. We're going to see how everybody fits in. And at the end of the year, we'll make our decisions then. After a year, he's bringing in his own guys. The guys who didn't fit are gone. The guys who fit in and stayed, they're there. And they're competing with the new guys. This defense will have Brett Venable's fingerprints on it more than last year's did. I trust that he's a good enough coach to make that work. Mm -hmm. I like the under in this game. I think Arkansas State has a hard time moving the football. 
Number 22, Ole Miss takes on Mercer. Number 15, Oregon against Portland State. Number three, Ohio State. They've named Kyle McCord the starting quarterback. They will be at Indiana. The Buckeyes laying 30 on the road, and the total is at 59. Number 10, Washington hosts Boise State. The Huskies, a 14-point favorite, total of 58.5. You and I, AJ, very high on Washington this year. I am very high on my Heisman Trophy selection, Michael Penix Jr. Yeah, I, I think that they are going to have their way in this game. I, I think Boise replacing a lot on defense and this this Washington offense, the between Penix and these wide receivers and really the coaching staff, they're going to get what they want in most games, including this one. Uh, I, I think they're outmatched here. I, I think Washington names the number. Penix 16-1 to to win the Heisman Trophy right now up on the DraftKings Sportsbook. Number 11, Texas is hosting Rice, and Texas is laying 35 points with a total of 49. Will we see Arch Manning at all in this game? Uh, it's funny. Uh, RJ was talking about this, and uh, I don't know. I, I, Mop-up duty at the end? From what, by 40? from what I understand, and I've talked to some people who are close to the Texas program, Malik Murphy is the backup Stud. on the depth chart. Stud. He is a freak. Uh, he's, we're talking about a quarterback who's like 6'5", 240, mm -hmm. and can fly. Yep. This guy has a real problem and would be starting at almost any school in the country. He just happens to be at the same school as Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning. Mm -hmm. uh, but I expect to see him probably before we see yeah. Arch Manning. And I think that what they're going to do is they're going to have packages for him to run the football. I'm sure. I mean, this guy is a real way problem. way too athletic. Now, here's my he's concern. bigger than Anthony Richardson. Here's my concern. If you're looking to bet Texas, if you're looking to back Texas here, they do have Alabama on deck. Sure. They so, don't want to show a lot. Yeah. Nick Saban knows Steve Sarkeesian. The less, they, the less they can show to Nick Saban, Good the point. better for Texas. Good point. Number 13, Notre Dame hosting Tennessee State. Number 19, Wisconsin, a 28-point favorite over Buffalo. Number one, Georgia hosts UT Martin. Number six, USC, a 38-point favorite over Nevada. Based on what you saw from the Trojans last week, AJ, do they cover this big number after failing to cover the big number last week? I, here's what I do think. Nevada's offense is way less... Uh, useful than San Jose State's. Yep. So San Jose State putting up some points didn't surprise me. If if USC lets Nevada put 20 points on them, I, I think we can forget about USC being like one of the elite teams. Okay. This offense, fair point. this Nevada offense should have no success against a, a Power 5 conference team. Uh, if they're in this game, there's a real problem with USC. Number 19, Kansas State hosting SEMO. Southeast Missouri State, number 23, Texas A&M, a 39-point favorite over New Mexico. Yeah, this is a game, the total set at 49, and Jimbo Fishers handed the offensive reins over to Bobby Petrino. Jim, Jimbo's run a dinosaur offense for years there at Texas A&M. It stunk. Now they're going to have a real offense. They're going to have some pace to them. New Mexico brought in Brian Vincent from UAB, who brought Dylan Hopkins with him. Uh, all the good players, all the good offense from UAB now in New Mexico, they're going to be better than they've been in the past offensively. So two teams that are known as bad offensive teams over the last several years, I think have offenses, fast paced, real yep. upgrades. So I think this may be I'm, I'm not looking to play a lot of overs in week one. Mm -hmm. This is one that I would take a look at. Interesting. Uh, 101 degrees, though. They're in College Station, so maybe the heat does get to the players a little bit, and we'll see. Uh, number four, Alabama up to a 39.5-point favorite now over Middle Tennessee. Uh, I would take a look at the first half, which is still at 23.5. So anything less than 24 for me is a play on the first half on Alabama. Alabama likes to go out and embarrass these teams. Uh, it would not shock me at all to see them do it here. Let's be honest. They're taking a 28 nothing lead into the locker room. I think it's going to be very, very difficult 
for Middle Tennessee to move the ball. Remember, this team played in the Hawaii Bowl last year against San Diego State. Middle Tennessee ran the ball 30 times in that game for negative 66 yards against San Diego State. Is that good? They can't keep you out. They couldn't keep San Diego State out of the backfield. Imagine what these NFL players at Alabama are going to do to that offensive line. Number seven, Penn State, 20.5-point favorites over West Virginia. Number 21, North Carolina and South Carolina playing in Charlotte. North Carolina, a a 2.5-point favorite, total of 64.5. That's going to be a fun game on Saturday night. Number 24, Tulane hosts South Alabama, and the Green Wave are laying only 6.5. Yeah, I'm hoping to see a seven. I, I'm waiting patiently, and if there's a seven, I'm going to be on South Alabama. I, I think these teams are a lot closer than people think, and I think the Tajay Spears absence is bigger than people realize for Tulane. I, I, you know, remember this Tulane team came came out of nowhere last year, mm-hmm. and a lot of it, I think, was having Tajay Spears there in the backfield. Pratt's a big deal. You know, a lot of the offensive line back, that's huge. But without Tajay Spears, I don't know that this offense is nearly as effective. And South Alabama, one of the under-the-radar G5 teams that I think can make some noise. Two top 25 teams in action on Sunday. Number 18, Oregon State at San Jose State. Uh, Oregon State laying 16 and a half. And number 5, LSU. And number 8, Florida State in Orlando. LSU laying two in this game. Yeah, and I was hoping that maybe this would go to three. Mm -hmm. I would have probably taken a dip on Florida State at three. I think these teams are about as even as it gets. Up to two and a half now, LSU. Yeah, it's it's bounced between two and two and a half. If I don't get a three, I'll just watch this game as a spectator. I think this game comes down to who wins in the trenches. Both teams want to run the ball. Uh, gun to my head. I like the under. You say who wins? I'd say LSU. The under's my preferred play mm-hmm. as well. We saw what happened to you know Utah, Florida. I, I just think it's going to be an under game. And on Monday, standalone game number nine, Clemson at Duke. Clemson laying thirteen, total of fifty-five and a half. And you got to imagine that this spread goes up and the total goes up because it is a standalone game. Scott, we're going to talk about this Monday morning. I don't know what you're doing. I'm just saying. That's a tease. Got to imagine it'll go up. You want to get into this game, you got to be here Monday morning. Yeah. We'll play it. I'm RJ Bell, and I'm going to give you some straight talk. Now, there's two types of people that try to be healthy. One is the fanatics. They're the types that show up in Vegas, and they got a water bottle, and they got, like, uh, celery chopped up, and... Let's forget about them because I'm nothing like them. And you know what? I know a lot of them love AG1, but I'm not speaking to them. You guys got it covered. You know AG1's good. I'm talking about the people who try, but they're not perfect with it. And to me, that's what makes AG1 perfect is you can have a big dinner and maybe eat a little too much. Maybe have that glass of wine or that beer. You're not feeling great. Next morning, you have the AG1. And all of a sudden, you're back feeling good. And to me, if you can have that as your home base in a way, that that center, that equator, that center that you can return to at any time with just a nice drink and feel healthy, well, I love it. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and Five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash rjbell. That's drinkag1.com slash rjbell. Check it out. DraftKings, the leader in fantasy sports, just dropped a brand new fantasy app, Pick 6. Now, what's different about this thing? I was never a big fantasy guy. You know why? Is I always worried, you know, who's on the other side? Who am I playing against? With Pick 6, you're not going against another 
player or players. You're going against the bookmaker. You're going against the number that they put up. So all you got to do is pick between two and six NFL players and choose if they're going to have more or less of the stat that interests you. Download DraftKings Pick 6 app now and sign up with code RJ. That's code RJ. Only at DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. But age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Valid only in states where DraftKings Pick 6 operates. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date lists of states, please visit dkng.com slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com. Some NFL news and notes as we are a week away from week one of the regular season. Cooper Cup suffered a setback in his return from a hamstring injury, and the Rams are saying he is day-to-day, and you have to now have concern about his availability for their season-opening game against the Seahawks. Yeah, I don't expect him to play in week one. This is a guy who got hurt back on August 1st, missed a bunch of time, uh, just starting to work his way back into game shape, and... You know, for him to be back out there and and re-injure it and put himself back on the sideline, I I think you have to play the long game here if you're the Rams. You you can't run Mm -hmm. him out. These hamstring injuries, any kind of tissue injury like that, you don't want to push them earlier. And we were kind of talking about this with Joe Burrow. Like, there's a high chance of re-injury. There's a high chance of re-injury with this. And uh, if he's not ready to go, it's one thing to be out there and, and practice. It's another thing to be able to go out there and play. It's a whole other thing to be able to go out there and perform at the highest level. I think Cooper Cup's probably a couple weeks away from that. Mackenzie, where are we right now with the spread for the Seahawks and the Rams, and what's the movement been? This has resulted in some money coming back on the Seahawks. It had drifted from Seahawks minus 5.5 to 4.5 with optimism about the Rams being healthy early. Well, they're not healthy early. It's moving back to 5.5 or 5 in some spots. It makes sense. Without Cooper Cup, you, you worry about the Rams' ability to score, to score on this offense, on and this defense. If you listen to R.J. Bell's dream preview this week, we uh, Scott and I, our team, took an over on the Rams' win total. Mm-hmm. You know, Had we done that episode one day later, we might have picked a different team. I don't know if we were thinking, <laughs> were we giving them a win in this game on the road in Seattle? I, no, probably yeah. not, but I'm just thinking, knowing that Cooper Cup's not healthy, that's certainly not a great sign. Uh, elsewhere around the league, T.J. Hawkinson gets a big money deal from the Minnesota Vikings, he signed a four-year extension that will make him the highest-paid tight end in the league. Yeah, that's wild. Guys like George Kittle and Travis Kelsey sitting back going, what the hell is going on here? What do we got to do? Uh, but, yeah, he's next in line. Um, you he's know, also 26. Yeah, he, he's been hurt. He's been sick this offseason. But when he's been on the field, he's been effective. So uh, this is a, a big deal for them. Funny, though, that the Vikings still need to get Justin Jefferson paid. Mm-hmm. They were just unwilling to pay Dalvin Cook. So it's interesting to see where the priorities lie with the Vikings. Again, 26 years old for TJ Hawkinson, and Justin Jefferson is 24. There's a difference. No doubt. You pay those guys at that age. <laughs> You mentioned Joe Burrow earlier. Uh, Joe Burrow says that he's planning to be ready for week one. Gun to your head, does he play week one? I'm going to say he does. I think he gets out there. I think it's a a risky play, obviously, but I I think that he'll be out there. The fact that he's practicing a full week before, Mm -hmm. I don't expect him to be great. 
Uh, we've seen Joe Burrow struggle in openers last year with the appendix, uh, the year before with the knee. Like we've seen him miss offseason stuff, come out sluggish. I could see that again, but I do think he'll be out there. Mackenzie, you already have the Browns in a teaser for week one, getting them over the key numbers of three and seven. How do you feel now with the anticipation that Burrow is going to play? I mean, less good. You know, point less good. But, but you did know, you really think that he was going to be out? Or? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It was more that he wasn't going to. I mean, there was like a flyer. It was yeah. a free roll. There was a 10% chance. But, yeah, it was more about how bad he was week one last year of five turnovers. No other game he had more than two. Yeah, and he hasn't had a full training camp ever in the NFL. Like, he had the COVID year. He had the coming off the injury. And now the appendix. And now another injury. This and he started slow camp. every year. He's never Compared had. Compared to his late, late season performance. never had a full training camp. No. Imagine the guy being that good in the regular season. <laughs> without and, practice. Without, and, practice. And Aaron Rodgers is like, hey, you know, I haven't done this in years. Yeah. <laughs> Some guys got it. Some yeah. guys got it. Speaking of quarterbacks, the Patriots grabbed themselves a quarterback. Matt Corral signed to the active roster. Uh, they were able to re-sign Bailey Zappi mm-hmm. and Malik Cunningham to the practice squad yesterday. So the Patriots go from having one quarterback to now having four, two yeah. on the active roster, and then Zappi and Cunningham on their practice squad. Uh, if you remember, the Patriots traded their third-round pick to Carolina so they could pick Matt Corral, uh, and in return, they got a fourth-round pick that they used to draft Bailey Zappi. Mm-hmm. So it all comes full circle. Patriots have them all now, but Matt Corral, a guy who a lot of people see some upside in, uh, he's, he's going to have an opportunity to work with Bill Belichick. Never going never gonna to second-guess the hoodie. No, he seems he seems to know something when it comes to picking out quarterbacks. We had a heavyweight battle last night between MVP candidates in the National League. There was a story earlier this week about how for the first time since early April, Ronald Acuña was not the favorite to win the National League most valuable player. It had switched to Mookie Betts with Mookie Betts having just a ridiculous month of August. Well, the Dodgers have had a ridiculous month of August. They won 24 games in the month of August. And then Acuna goes four for five, hits a home run, steals some bases. He's and you know, Betts struggles a little bit, and Acuna overtakes him. Last night, the, the battle was on full display. Dodgers hosting the Braves in the second inning. Acuna hits a grand slam to put the the, the Braves up five to one over the Dodgers. Fast forward to the fifth inning. Mookie Betts hits a three-run homer to pull the Dodgers from 7-1 to 7-4. Fast forward to the seventh inning where Betts homers again to pull the Dodgers to within 8-6. Now the Dodgers wound up losing the game 8-7, but here's the final stat line on both players. Acuna, three for four, four RBIs, one walk, the homer, one run scored. And then for Betts, Two for four, four RBIs, two home runs, a walk, and three runs scored. Updated odds on the DraftKings Sportsbook right now. Ronald Acuna minus 130. Mookie Betts minus 110. Something else happened with Ronald Acuna last night. He became the first player in Major League history to have 30 home runs and 60 stolen bases in the same season. I'm old enough to remember when Jose Canseco went 40-40 for the first time. Mm-hmm. 30-60. Guys who steal 60 bases in a year can't hit 30 home runs. This is a wild, wild season for Ronald Acuna Jr. It's insane, and I think that, yes, he's a, he was already a special 
uh, base runner. But I do think that with the new rules, it has aided him in his willingness to steal bases. Uh, his career high prior to this season was only 37. Now, that's a big number, 37. No doubt. Right? He had 29 last year. But with the new rules this year, the bigger bases, which limits the uh, the distance, right, the ability to wear a 10-inch mitt on your hand, yeah. and pitchers with the pitch clock, and also – only having a certain amount of disengagements. I also think that the clocks that are shown, like on the screens and, and behind the the, 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 the the plate and whatnot, like or just guys counting in their heads, you know as a base runner now when the pitcher has to release the baseball. But and he... so if you're going on first move, well, in your head you're thinking six, five, four, three, two. I'm jumping already. Because I know that pitcher's got to start his motion towards the plate. It's much easier to steal a base now than it ever was before. I don't disagree, but the fact that he's taken such a jump, I, I mean, there's got to be something to it. Because even the best base stealers, the elite guys who are there, all they are is base stealers, mm -hmm. aren't seeing a jump quite like this. Well, it's amazing. He leads the league, obviously. Not obviously, but he leads the league in stolen bases with the 62. Second most is Esteri Ruiz for the uh, A's with 53. Corbin Carroll, the Rookie of the Year candidate for the Diamondbacks, 41 stolen bases this year. And how about Julio? Julio Rodriguez, you want to talk about home runs and stolen bases, he's not far from joining the 30-30 club. Yep. He's got 35 stolen bases. He's sitting at 24 home runs. Let's take a look at the schedule for today in Major League Baseball. We have a doubleheader in Cincinnati, the Cubs at the Reds. And I always specify whenever you're betting a doubleheader, make sure you list pitchers because these things can change as they often do. Pitchers deciding, uh, managers deciding to shake up their pitching rotation. Here's what I'm seeing for game one, though. Uh, Jordan Wicks scheduled for the Cubs and Graham Ashcraft for the Reds with the Cubs a minus 115 favorite. And I don't see any listed pitchers for game two right now. We move on to D.C. where the Nationals will host the Marlins. Yuri Perez on the mound for the Marlins. Jake Irvin for D.C. Marlins minus 162. Tyler Glass now gets the start for the Rays at the Guardians and Cal Quantrill and Tampa a minus Minus 180 favorite. Cleveland yesterday picking up a couple of the White Sox castoffs, including Lucas Giolito. So Cleveland's kind of out of things, aren't they? Like, does this make yeah, much sense? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the Mariners are at the Mets. Kode Senga goes for the Mets. Logan Gilbert for Seattle. Mariners are minus 120. Low total of 7.5 in that one. Joe Ryan gets the start for the Twins at the Rangers. And Max Scherzer going for Texas Rangers. Minus 148. The Phillies are at the Brewers. Zach Wheeler on the mound for Philly. Freddie Peralta for Milwaukee. Phillies minus 115. Yankees are at the Astros. It's Carlos Rodon for the Yankees. Justin Verlander for the Astros. Houston. Minus 198. Too high, AJ, or no? Yeah, that's a pretty big number. I, I'm not interested in that. You know who is expected to be activated for the Yankees for this game tonight? And that is the Martian, Jason Dominguez. The young stud in the Yankee farm system called up and activated, and he will play tonight, or at least should play tonight. Has there ever been a Yankees prospect that wasn't a young stud? Yes. Aren't they aren't they all mega stars as soon as they get to Major League Baseball? Well, that's true. But this kid's 20 years old, and he's been in the Yankee system since he was like 16. So yeah, well, you know, right. he, everyone's been waiting for Jason Dominguez to come up and 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 show what he can do. Well, they'll pair him with Anthony Volpe, who's the next A Rod, obviously. Absolutely. <laughs> 
Uh, Jeter. (laughs) The Red Sox are at the Royals. Jordan Lyles goes for Kansas City. James Paxton for Boston. Boston's minus 180. Eduardo Rodriguez on the mound for the Tigers at the White Sox. And Tuki Toussaint and the Tigers minus 135. You're back in your boy Erod? Uh, I think I am, yeah. It feels like a good good spot to back him here, so that would be the way that I would look. You have the Pirates at the Cardinals. Mitch Keller goes for Pittsburgh. Dakota Hudson, Dakota Hudson for St. Louis. Uh, St. Louis minus 115. Blue Jays at the Rockies. Chris Flexen for Colorado. Hunjin Ryu for Toronto. The Blue Jays are minus 180. A's hosting the Angels. Patrick Sandoval for L.A. J.P. Sears for Oakland. The Angels are minus 142. The Orioles at the Diamondbacks. Zach Davies for Arizona. Cole Irvin for Baltimore. Baltimore minus 115. And the Braves and Dodgers do it all again tonight. Julio Urias scheduled to go for the Dodgers. Max Fried for the Braves. Atlanta minus 122. Do the Dodgers lose two straight? I think I have to back the Dodger dogs as the DraftKings dog of the day. They got me last night, but that's the only way I would look again. Well, they didn't get me last night because I had them on the run and a half. I took the one and a half. I hate you. I was on plus 125, so didn't fall my way. Dodgers plus 102 right now up on DraftKings. The plus one and a half is minus 162. Urias against Max Fried. UFC gone versus Spivak this weekend uh, out there in Paris. I'm going to go to the undercard for my best bet for the pod, and I'm going to look at Fareed Basharat. By decision, minus 115. This is one of the top prospects in all of MMA. Uh, He's fighting Clayton Rodriguez, who is moving up to 135 for the first time. He struggled to make 125. This is the right spot for him. But I do think that he, he it's a, Rodriguez is the guy who gets by on athleticism. That's going to be tougher for him to do at 135. Basharat, great technical striker, very durable, and has shown in his last fight now that he can control a fight with wrestling. He doesn't take unnecessary risks. He's very durable. I think he controls this fight. I don't know if he's explosive enough to get a finish, so that's why I'm going to go with the decision prop. Fareed Basharat to stay undefeated by decision, minus 115. You want AJ's full UFC Paris, UFC Fight Night Paris card. You can head to pregame.com where we have a variety of weekend packages available for you. You can get a weekend all access, get every pick from your favorite pregame pro, or you can just select daily best bets from your favorite pregame pro. We got a full slate of college football action all weekend long. And to me, the best value for your buck is just getting a season-long subscription because you never miss any pick from your favorite pregame pro, and you could do the entire NFL season. You could do the entire college football season. You could do combos. You can mix and match, and I think that's the best way to handle it because we give you 20% off if you use our promo code OPEN20. OPEN20 is going to get you 20% off at pregame.com. We are also still running our free-to-enter contests. Go to pregame.com and click on contests and find the beat Steve Fezzik College Football Contest, where the winner who wins the most units will win $500 cash. And if that winner wins more than the 44.9 units that Fez won last year in college football, you can double that winnings to $1,000. And the Like Super Contest contest at pregame.com. It's just like the Super Contest, five NFL picks per week. But you don't have to do it all at once, so you can wait till you get the best number. And the winner gets $1,500 cash, or you can say, guys, hold on to the cash, and we're going to give you free entry into next year's Westgate Super Contest, plus free proxy service here in Vegas included, so you don't even have to live in Las Vegas to play. 
Now you can do what you want. Take the $1,500 cash if you win or get your free entry with a chance to win a whole lot more. I would do that. I would take the free entry, McKenzie, the best proxy in the business, and then I would also win the Beat Fezzik Challenge and get that cash. I never thought it was that much of a sure thing that I would be here in a year, in any year that I've been here. I don't, I, I don't even, did I sign up for the proxy service? Where did this come from? I, Scott I, just said like, oh yeah, Mackenzie will be the proxy. I'm like, I guess so. Well, he's at the Westgate every Saturday night anyway. I've proxied before for this particular winner of this particular contest, but uh, yeah, I'll, we'll, we will get you a proxy. That much It'll I'll be someone. You. you might not get the best one. It might be a subpar proxy. We don't know. Although those tips that Mackenzie <laughs> brings in, it's, it's hard to turn down. That's true. <laughs> Head to pregame.com, click on contests, and enter now for free. For Mackenzie Rivers and AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas AM.